Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. We are going to talk to Rahul Balufe. He's based out of Miami, Florida, and we are just talking about the market as well. Just seven years ago, in 2012 or 13, he quit his job in a thriving family business, moved back with his mom to chase a goal. So we'll talk about this goal, which I think is real estate, of course, and and we'll talk about how he got there and how he built this business where he's wholesaling as... $12 $12 million worth of real estate every year, plus he's building a pretty solid cash flowing real estate business. So welcome, Raul. How you doing, man? Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. Funny. So my first job ever um, was as a lifeguard in a pool. <laughs> wearing, <laughs> not so, even at the ocean. No, the not pool. even at the ocean. It was <laughs> And it wasn't even like the nice pool. It was like one of those pools that like <laughs> nobody goes to. Uh, yeah. And being in crazy. Miami, you could, you had to work at a pool, man. <laughs> yeah, no. I actually applied to work in like one of the nice hotels down here, the Fountain Blue. Uh, as a pool and I didn't get the job. And they, 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 they sent me to like, you know, a backup of a backup pool. So that, that's something pretty funny. <laughs> now you can buy that pool. <laughs> yeah. yeah man that was good so uh, tell us your story how did you get started with real estate man i got started um as you mentioned i, I used to work in that in my family's car business and i learned a lot about sales and what and was that business sorry um selling cars selling uh, cars okay a used car dealer okay and um you know my father had bought some real estate always you know as he made money in the car business he would buy real estate and Smart although i was never Although I was never involved, I would kind of just like see what was going on and just meeting people in the car business, like the wealthy people had real estate and yes. um, that's all I needed to just get started. And I just found a podcast about, you know, I was just like anybody else. I, I Googled how to buy real estate with no money because I had no money. And <laughs> I came across wholesaling and I came across like Sean Terry and, and uh, guys like that. And uh, I started listening to the podcast and the YouTube channel and that's that's really how I got started, and my whole goal was to buy a rental property, and 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 then I found wholesaling, and I fell in love with it. No, oh, that's that's interesting, and and I think at that time there wasn't much available, right? From education perspective, when you Google it, because I remember I started in 2011, and especially I went full force in 2015 and there was no bigger pockets no no way to just consume no not this kind of podcast and all so i i believe it would have been really difficult for you to get started but but you wanted to get this right <laughs> yeah, no I, I wanted it more than than i could breathe you know like i just knew that's what i wanted um yeah there wasn't that many guys it's funny you say that there wasn't that many uh yeah platforms like now for exactly sure. on the flip side though i think it, it's good there is so much out there right now that people just get uh, stuck in the education mode right it's analysis paralysis mode oh i can't do this because raul did it and he <laughs> is so successful if i do this it will take me another couple of years right so so they get stuck in the rut <laughs> absolutely the, the good thing about not having so much information is that you can go really deep Yes. Really deep on a podcast or really deep on a YouTube channel, and like 
really study this person or this channel's like philosophy on wholesaling or investing or wealth. And, and then you can get all, you can extrapolate all the ideas and actually implement them. Because when you're jumping from channel to channel, yes. everybody kind of have a different way of they teach it or a different way they think about the business. But, you know, I had one or two guys I followed and that was it. And that was That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? hey, so how do you compare you know, the selling car business with real estate? What, what were some of the qualities you were able to transfer from the from your family business into real estate? I think it was the communication from, you know, people to people, from myself to sellers, myself to buyers, myself to, you know, whomever else. Um, I think the communication, the sales aspect, um, and also the work ethic. I mean, in the car business, your work ethic's got to be pretty high. It's like a Monday through Mo Monday through Sunday type of business. Nice. You got to be in there. So when I, you know, I was, I was used to it. Like since I was 16, I started working at the car business. I was pretty used to working there on the weekends, nice. all day, Thanksgiving. I was working. <laughs> so then when, when I would see other, other, my peers in wholesaling, like kind of chilling on weekends and stuff, I'm like, this, why are you doing it? That's weird. <laughs> you know? So I think those are some of the similarities. It's like between the sales communication and the work ethic that really translated a lot into, into my wholesale business. Right. And especially because, uh, uh, you know, I do buy and hold. I, I love real uh, rental side, right? I don't do wholesale because that's not my forte. But one thing I could, uh, I may be wrong as well, but, you know, you are buying and selling car the same way you are buying and selling a contract in wholesale side, right? So yeah. it makes it easier for you to transfer that uh, knowledge <laughs> or yeah, that yeah. Kind of characteristics. <laughs> it's a good point. I remember when I was uh, eight, uh, maybe like 18 or 19 was when I first started like selling cars, like being put into the fire. And I remember I had to sit in front of a, like on a, in a desk in front of my client, client and yeah. not over the phone, right? It was like yeah. belly to belly and doing that for the first time. And then getting used to that, doing that three times, 10 times, a hundred times that helped open me up so much. So when I went to a, my first appointment, you know, seller appointment for a house or I had my first phone appointment with a homeowner, like, it almost felt easy because I was forced in these situations in the car business. And um, so it, that definitely helped. That definitely helped. No, that's awesome. So what kind of assets do you own right now and why? So residential is all we own from single family to fourplexes. We okay. pretty much have, I have a little bit of everything. I have fourplex, triplex, duplexes, uh, single family. So why? Um, mainly because that's what my wholesale business produces. Okay. So we buy, I buy business, I buy the properties from my own wholesale business. So if, as long as they're producing deeply discounted off-market residential real estate, that's what I'm going to keep buying. Um, and yeah, that, that's why I really like to in the residential side that you can put 30 year fixed mortgages on there. Right. With commercial real estate, you have like repricing every five yeah, years. And then recourse loan. Record, you know, <laughs> it's got its pros and cons. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, both sides. But I, I love, so yeah. I do commercial real estate, right? Yeah, so yeah. I love it. And and because, you know, uh, it's diversification, scaling up, all that. So both sides have, you know, pros and cons. But you, you got to, I, I would say, stay in your lane, right? If you understand right. this lane, why why even bother, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. And are, are these assets in Miami area or all over the country? Or? No, um, basically all over, mainly in Miami. And then um, it's all in Florida. My portfolio okay. is all in Florida, but mainly in South Florida. Got it. Yeah. No, that, that's pretty interesting. So um, let's talk about the, you know, because um, 
I saw that you spoke about cash flowing real estate business. So how did you build a successful real estate business, which is cash flowing, right? Constantly. Yeah. So one of the dreams I think for a lot of people when they start in real estate is number one, to create wealth and number two, to create passive income. I've, yes. you, know, you hear that term a lot. And as I kept going, um, I started listening to some of my mentors and they're like, hey, passive income does not always have to be from real estate. You can make a business passive. Uh, you can make income that way passive. So, um, so as I kept thinking, as I kept growing the wholesale business, my, my goal was to get a team to do the acquisitions, to find the houses, to do the mar a marketing team, acquisitions team, sales team. So they could do a lot of the heavy lifting make a ton of money themselves, but also make it very passive and cash flowing for me so that I can take that money and then invest in assets, invest in other companies, invest in things like that. So um, that, you know, it, it, it's, take, it's taken years in teams and hiring and firing and going through ups and downs and in and outs and black and white. And you can imagine. So um, it's not perfect by any means. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I was able to, that was my mindset behind it. And then just through a lot of trial and error and being there, I mean, I'm still here around, but overall the business is pretty passive for me at this point. So how many team members do you have right now? And uh, who was the first or what, what, which position did you hire the very first time? Like I'm pretty sure as an entrepreneur like you and I, we wear multiple hats and we do all the, everything, right? And then you decide, okay, this is the mundane thing. I need to hire someone. Oh, uh, a personal assistant was the first thing. To hire. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the emails, the spreadsheets, the, yeah. all that, you know. And um, that was the first thing I hired. And then I quickly hired two acquisitions okay. agents or salespeople to help me, um, you know, speak to, at that time, they'll speak to realtors and get deals under contract and stuff. I see. So, how many people do you have now? Now, uh, between virtual assistants and people in the office, about 20 people. Okay, so I was going there. So how many do you have on, uh, on shore or in the office or, and how many out, out of country maybe or, or remote? On shore, we have 14. In, oh, in wow, office. okay. And then six, um, six VAs uh, between texting, personal assistant, um, virtual, you know, virtual assistant for dispositions, another assistant, things like that. Um, all on the virtual side. Nice, nice. So you, yeah, yeah, I can tell it's pretty cool, man. Fourteen people on, on in office. So how much work do you have to put in now? That's a good question. I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it depends. At this point, like I'm driving the company to make more revenue. So I would say if I had to put like a time, maybe it, that I really have to put in, probably maybe five to eight hours a week. That's awesome. And then, but I'm putting in about 15 to 20 because we're really trying to drive the, yes. um, you know, if, if I wanted to remain a constant, you know, very little, maybe five to eight hours a week. But since we're trying to hit these massive goals, you know, I, I, I put my foot on the gas in there a little bit, kind of. Right. And <laughs> yeah. So I, I think you must have read the book four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Oh yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great book, but, but I, I'm glad that you brought up that point. If you want to stay at that level, you can just, you know, uh, stay where you are. But as a CEO, you also want to drive, right? Take take the company or the business to the next level. So what, what are now your, usually your, um, uh, what do you actually do now? 
you know, so I'm pretty sure you have acquisition team, disposition team. So what, what, what do you do as a CEO? So um, I'm in the daily huddles every morning, kind of just helping drive it. I don't run it, but I'm there to help answer questions. So we do uh, like a 15 minute meeting every morning with the full sales team. Um, I'm in uh, a 90 minute meeting every week with my leadership team. And then I'm in um, recruiting meetings. So that's one of the big, that's the reason I'm spending more hours in the wholesale business now is we're making a big push for recruiting to hire more salespeople, hire more positions people. So we hired an in-house recruiter and I'm kind of training him. I'm, I'm involved in his meetings. I'm involved in his interviews. Um, and then I meet with um, other key people on our team to help mainly with systems and uh, tech, tech yeah. that we're trying to build out for the team. Systems, so processes, with, yeah. Hey, these are the numbers we need. Okay, let's let's meet, let's meet about this. Okay, the spreadsheet's incorrect. How can we correct it? Oh, you need automation. Okay, let me connect you with my girl. Okay, great. Now let me join that meeting so I can tell you exactly what I want. Oh, okay, we need to now talk to, you know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, and how long did it take you to build this business? And, um, and, and at this stage where you are only able to, when you only need to put five to eight hours a week, right? So how long did it take you? Ooh, to get this this you know probably maybe the last like year or so it's been like that so oh, okay let's say six seven years really just like of and i haven't really deviated much i've been doing wholesale real estate since i started i do some flips and i have rentals and stuff but you know i don't venture off too far i don't really get into any not that anything is bad but i don't venture off in different businesses i don't get into right. e-commerce amazon like i've just been wholesale 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 real estate for the last seven years, like blinders on that this is what I've been doing. So what do you think, um, this is another question not related to business. What do you think is the market headed now? Because we have seen everywhere, San Francisco Bay Area to Austin, Texas, to you know, Florida, pretty much every market in Florida has been too hot, too frothy. Um, <laughs> everyone keeps talking about we have hit the peak. Where do you think we are headed? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's a different one so san francisco is another crazy market too i mean california in general yeah um you know obviously the supply and demand curve it's it's very hard to deny that simple economic yes. you know, factor of less supply more demand equals different pricing that's very aggressive i definitely think the fed is going to do anything they can to stabilize this train um Therefore, I think we're going to a more stable market, meaning, you know, we're not going to have 40K over asking price that much yeah. longer than we are. Um, I, would, I would say by the end of the year, things will get pretty stable, pretty. I don't think the prices are going to drop or anything. I just think it's going to be very, the, the supply and demand is going to try and get more equal, try and get more equal. I see. It won't be as crazy. Those are my thoughts. And then, but I don't think real estate is going to slow down per se. I think rents will go up. Um, as interest rates grow up, I think rents will go up with it. And um, oh yeah, investors have to make money, right? If interest rates go up, they they got to. <laughs> you know, I think Keep a lot up. of these hedge funds are buying a ton of single families and stuff. Oh and yeah, it's gonna make a it, it'll make a little dent into the market, but man, I don't think it's gonna slow down that crazy. But I do think that the Fed is gonna put the, pump the brakes on yeah, how things are getting they, so crazy. They have to. Yeah. They were the one who put the fuel in the train, right? They, yeah, exactly. they made sure it's tight. It was the super fast train. <laughs> yeah. No, they that's did the best they could. They did the yeah. best they could given what they had. And 
honestly, I, I don't think it was they made obviously there's a, there's a lot of opinion involved. I'm not trying to get in there, but I don't think they made poor decisions when it comes to the housing market. I just think that it got out of their hands so fast. Yeah. And then now they're really trying to like interest rates. Okay, supply. Okay, this. Okay, that. Yeah. And I think it'll, they'll succeed eventually. They're going to stabilize this yeah. thing. Yeah, let's see where it's going, man. Yeah, you said 40K and I was laughing. I was here. It's it's 400K above asking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not four. <laughs> so uh, that's why I think it has to, in some markets, it's, it's got to correct. But, but you never know. Yeah. So, Another question I have, because you you said that the, at the very first time when you got started, you were looking at how to buy, you know, real estate with no money down. So tell us how to buy real estate with no money out of your pocket. <laughs> Simple. You just go and you go and steal it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> no, so yeah, I mean that was that no money down Google search is what led me into wholesaling. And what wholesaling is, is just finding an, a property or finding a homeowner or a seller that is kind of distressed and wants to sell quickly, wants cash, maybe just got divorced. Maybe they have a lot of repairs they can't afford. Maybe they're moving out of town. They kind of sell quick. Finding one of these homeowners, finding one of these properties and just making a cash offer and getting it on paper, getting under contract. You don't need any money for that. You don't need any license for that. You just need to be a home buyer, right? Which requires no license. So you find this person, you negotiate, it's, the house is worth 500, you get under contract for 250, it needs a bunch of work. And then you put that piece of paper and now you go out and you tell a bunch of buyers and people, cash buyers, home flippers and say, hey, do you wanna buy this house for 270? And some will say yes. And then you sell it and you make $20,000 essentially with no money down. Um, that's the theory behind it. That's, that's what got me started. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other ways to do right. it, but that's the way that I learned it in the beginning. That that's awesome. So, then um, another question I have, and uh, about your wholesale business, and you said that you also have rentals. Is there a conflict of interest when a deal comes by that oh you want this now instead of giving mm. it to uh, someone yeah. else because the, the deal is it, it's, 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 it work will work the best if it's with yeah. you. <laughs> no, that's a real that's a real real question though. Like I'm I'm actually glad you brought that up. So yes, there is a conflict of interest, but um, the way we've been able to solve that is that we have two entities. So let's say you're a wholesaler, even if you're by yourself, you're a one-man show, or whether you have a team or not. What we do in our business is, let's say a wholesale deal, deal comes in from our wholesale business. Just for simple math, let's say we our wholesale business gets it at 200,000. Right. But let's say in a wholesale, a buyer's willing to pay 230,000 for this house. Right. So it's not fair for me, the owner, to buy it for 200. And right. So what I do is I just buy it for 230. Oh, I see. So 30,000 goes to my wholesale business, yep. which I'm part of, and then I get the house for 230. So it's fair for both parties. Yeah. Everybody wins. Yeah. And then you got to cover the salaries of everyone on the wholesale side, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you keep buying those deals at the same price you paid oh. for, then you are not going to have that business around yeah. for a long time. <laughs> Believe me, it hurt me the first time that I had to do this transaction. Okay. It was painful because I was a woman <laughs> show for a while and I was like, I'd get under contract for 200 and buy it for 200 because my own thing. Right. But then when you got to pay commissions and you have people and you got marketing and overhead right. and then um, it hurt me. But now everyone knows that there's no conflict of interest. So oh, they don't care awesome. if I buy a house or not. 
And now they're excited to get another 15 deals. And now I have another 15 opportunities to look at than just one. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What are some of your favorite real estate markets right now? Mm. I love, um, so it depends for what, but I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you like my feedback. Okay. Um, I love Miami and Broward County specifically for short-term rentals. Oh, really? Okay. I like Dayton Broward for short-term rentals. Um, I like Central Florida for long-term rentals. Okay. Orlando, Lakeland, um, <laughs> west of the East Coast, anywhere from Palm Bay, which is uh, East Coast, West Coast is Cape Coral. Like I like those pockets for long-term rentals, right. houses. There's great, um, great type of tenants. I like um, uh, Atlanta, Georgia for flips and rentals. Okay. Atlanta uh, yeah, so, is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like, I love, we love Savannah, Georgia. Um, for wholesaling, Florida and Georgia have been our most profitable states. Um, Vegas and Arizona are probably a close second place for wholesaling. And those are also good states for flips. I just haven't personally done flips there, but um yeah, those are the best states. Also, Austin, Texas and Dallas, Texas yeah. are great for um, wholesale and flips as well. So those are just to name a few of the markets that we're in and, and conducting the most of, most amount of business we can. Yeah, and you you pick the top 10 hottest markets, right? From Atlanta, <laughs> which is one of my favorite, Austin, Dallas, Miami, Orlando. Yeah. Of course, you missed uh, North Carolina, Raleigh, yeah. Durham and all. But Raleigh, most Durham, of this yeah. markets, you, you see a lot of inbound migration crazy job job growth right so of course uh, you know these are the markets right now which are yeah. pretty strong uh, yeah. let's talk about the deal what has been your best deal so far best deal so far probably the second rental I ever bought was my my best deal so far so it was I actually bought it from another wholesaler there's a, a little house in Miami Florida that I bought like back in 2014 I believe um it was for forty-seven thousand dollars. It's a three-bed, oh, wow. one-bath, three-bed, one-bath concrete house in Miami, and it had like a bunch of violations. But I was so naive and dumb. I thought <laughs> I didn't even know like what violation was. Okay, this was like right. So I bought it, and actually, you know, I ended up getting with a contractor, and for like twenty grand, he fixed up the house and fixed the violation. Okay, I was in this house for sixty-seven thousand, and then I rented it for like eleven hundred a month. Oh wow, nice. Uh, after two, after like a year, I refinanced it, got all my money back plus about 20k cash. <laughs> then, then I I refinanced it again uh, recently and got another ninety thousand dollars cash back. Oh my god! Plus god. now it's rented for sixteen hundred dollars. So it's like this house has given me infinite returns, and yes. uh, I've always made a very healthy cash flow with it. So it's such a small deal, but that's the one that comes to mind because. I don't know. I bought it so long ago, not knowing what I was doing, and it's made me more cash than I could even think of, which is crazy. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up that deal because a lot of time I ask this question and people will bring their millions of dollars still. And yeah. blah, but this is just to show that the no deal is is, is small, right? I mean, you right. never know what that deal could do for you, right? And this is amazing yeah. that from 67 grand, you have already got paid back over 100 grand. Yeah. Plus, you are still getting paid from the rent, so it's it's amazing, and yeah. and I have one of those deals which I bought from wholesaler, and it just worked out the same way. I, even oh. though I knew some, but even it was in a market which I it, it was actually it's still in Atlanta market, right? Oh, yeah. So it's it's out of state for me. So renovating and all on my own first time, 
and it just worked out uh, so well. I'm pretty much, uh, yeah, I, I have, I think about 30, 40 K left in it, but wow. it's, it's been, I think the rent will cover it in one more year. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. I love little deals too, man. I mean, it's, it's nice. Yeah, you never know. That's why I keep telling everyone, don't try to find that blockbuster or perfect deal. Just find a deal which makes sense and from uh, the deal from which you can learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I saw that one when I was going in. And it ended up being like a huge cash cow. Even like a $40,000 house paid me, you know, over 120 grand in dividends. Like, who, you know, who would have thought? <laughs> nice. What has been your worst deal? Ooh, the worst deal. That one I remember. <laughs> so I, I bought a deal that was a foreclosure. It was in a nice area here in South Florida. This was maybe maybe like four years ago. So I was still kind of green. And um, it had liens also. It was like, a, no. it was in a great part here. And it was deeply discounted. But man, I just, that those liens I could not solve. We got like three people to try to help us. Everybody took our money and kind of like, no one helped. Oh, man. And we lost, we lost like about 105K on that deal wow. um, within a year. It was, it was so cool. what did you learn from that deal? <laughs> I learned to put my ego aside and stop thinking I know everything. Right. Um, I was like 24 years old. So I thought I knew everything. So, um, and I, I would say the liens, be very careful when you're going to buy with liens. Like do your due diligence, you know, find a professional that if you're not the professional with liens or dealing with the city, find someone that is and actually get like a very clear and concise action plan before you buy this house. Like, hey, Alpesh, if you buy this house with liens, then this is exactly what it's going to take. It's going to take, you need to do this, 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 and this. It's going to take this amount of time and this amount of money. And if you agree with that, then you can buy it. That, that would be like one of the learning lessons I, I got. That's awesome, Raul. Thank you so much for sharing all these golden nuggets. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. We'll go to the last portion of our show. Are you ready for five round? I'm ready. Okay. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy after this pandemic is over? And I hope it's over. <laughs> Ooh, in my mind, it's kind of been over. Basically, no, I'm still going to be- In Miami, life. it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Never begun. No. Um, basically, no, I'm not going to be changing my investment strategy. I'm going to be doing the same. I'll be buying residential real estate and I'm going to be getting 30-year fixed mortgages on it, keeping them as long-term or short-term rentals. Awesome. Favorite real estate or finance or any other related book? Real estate or finance or any related book. I love thinking grow rich. And that's oh, kind of yes. Classic. It's a classic. Um, and I like Principles by Ray Dalio. Principle. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a great book. Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? Maybe it's for, it's for your business, automation, or some kind of software. Um, Google Sheets. <laughs> Google Sheets. Oh, yeah. Google Sheets. <laughs> but, but like a tool website, I would say REI Automator. REIAutomator.com. That's uh, been a great tool for a wholesale business. That's awesome. Any advice for beginner investors? Just get started. No more analysis paralysis. Uh, keep it simple. Don't don't complicate it. Like just just get started. If you know, if Alpesh is saying 
hey, go out and talk to 10 sellers and buy your first rental. Go out and talk to 10 freaking sellers. Don't, you know, don't wait, just go and do it. That's such a great advice. And I would say 75% of my guests have said that take action, go for yeah. it, right? It's, it's very important. Uh, thank you for reiterating. <laughs> <laughs> How do you give back? How do I what? How do you give back? Oh, give back. Um, so I do some free events here in South Florida for real estate investors, all for free. And I just show people how to get your first deal. And I don't ask for any money. I don't sell any products or courses ever. So I give back that way. And I'm also, uh, I'm also associated with some foster homes down here. And um, I give back like that as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. How, how can my listeners reach out to you? Your listeners can reach out to me anytime. Um, I'm on YouTube. My name is Raul Balufe on YouTube. Or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram. You can direct message me. And my Instagram name is also my name, Raul Bolufe. Very simple. R-A-U-L-B-O-L-U-F as in Frank E. R-A-U-L-B-O-L-U-F-E. <laughs> Thank you so much, Raul, man. This was fun. Yeah, this is really cool, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.